This is the 9680 Podcast, Episode 18, Germanicus and Piso. Today on the 9680 Podcast, we have another aside episode. Today, we're going to be talking about the heir of the Emperor Tiberius, who died in his 30s, and talk about the trial of the man who maybe killed him. So, let me give you the necessary background, and then we could start talking. You'll remember the Emperor Tiberius. Came to power after the death of Augustus, was groomed for decades for the role, ruled until 37. Late into his reign, he retired to Capri because he didn't want to be emperor anymore. He's known for being relatively cruel at that point, and the citizens of the empire rejoiced after his death. Like Augustus, Tiberius struggled with finding an heir. He went through several different heirs, and the fact is, at the time of his death, there wasn't a proper succession set up. And so, we were left with Caligula. One of his early heirs, Germanicus, was a favorite of the people. Germanicus is the nephew and adopted son of Tiberius. Germanicus was compared by contemporaries to Alexander the Great, because he had many successful conquests, was loved by his people, and died in his 30s. If you listen to Tacitus and Suetonius, his popularity scared Tiberius so much that Tiberius got him killed. In 17 AD, Germanicus was sent to the eastern provinces to solve a number of problems. He was given the authority to lead armies and protection from all crimes. He had authority over the regional governors and had many different tasks that he had to complete. At the same time, a man named Gnaeus Calpurnius Piso was the governor of Syria. The two men despised each other and ran into many different problems. In 19 AD, Germanicus got sick, and he believed that Piso had poisoned him. Of course, there was a falling out as a result of Germanicus being on his deathbed thinking that Piso killed him, and Piso left his province. He stayed close enough nearby, on the off chance that Germanicus did die, so that maybe he could return to his province. Germanicus would die of his illness, and then Piso decided to return to his province. Of course, the lieutenants of Germanicus decided that Piso shouldn't come back and appointed their own governor. There was a skirmish on the mainland. Piso raised an army to try and violently take back his province. He was stopped, captured, and shipped back to Rome. A trial was of course set out to determine what crimes he was guilty of. Before sentencing, he died. He committed suicide, or maybe was killed by the emperor. The physical account of the trial survives to this day, in addition to several literary sources that describe it. So now, let's get into it. In October of 19, Germanicus, adopted son of the emperor, died under suspicious circumstances. The debate over whether or not Gnaeus Piso poisoned him has remained unanswered even by modern historians. For me to try and assess his guilt, multiple literary accounts can be examined in addition to the physical inscribed record of the trial. The Senatus Consultum, the account of the trial, provides a particularly unique account into a high-profile trial in Rome, which we don't have many of. We have many accounts of trials, but we don't have the physical record kept by the quaestor on the scene. Literary sources, even ones contemporary to the event, can be riddled with biases and inaccuracies. While it is true that the Senate and their trial would have been acting on incomplete information as well, and they certainly had their own biases, the account of the Senatus Consultum is giving us the raw opinions of the Emperor and the prosecution and the defense at the time. The literary account of Tacitus, and to a lesser degree that of Suetonius, argue for the guilt of Piso, while the Senatus Consultum takes a less aggressive stance on the question of murder. 
This stance is more reasonable and is more likely to represent the truth. Piso killing Germanicus introduces many needless assumptions and overcomplicates the story, with the narrative behind the possibility of murder being no more than conspiracy. Not only is it more logical to assume the correct solution is the most simple one, the literary accounts contradict themselves, are anachronistic, and depart significantly from the conclusions of the trial in the Senatus Consultum. The Senatus Consultum represents a measured narrative. Piso is never accused of murder, with all of his crimes relating only to his conduct in the province. All that is mentioned by the Senate's record in regard to the possibility of murder is that Germanicus believed that Piso poisoned him, but this is not brought up in the list of charges. The charges brought against Piso are for his impious sacrifices and his rejoice and banqueting at the news of Germanicus's death, with a specific emphasis on the disrespect towards the imperial cult, including the divinity of the emperor. This makes it very clear that the Senate and the Emperor did not suspect murder. There would have been no reason not to include murder among Piso's charges if it was suspected. Given that Piso is already dead, the exact nature of his crimes are no longer as important for deciding his fate. The main discussion of the Senate was what charges should be brought against his family. The innocence of his wife and children would not have changed if murder was among his crimes. Regardless, they were innocent. The idea of murder being obvious then to Tacitus and Suetonius is therefore anachronistic to a degree, based on Germanicus's own claim that Piso poisoned him and the vilification of Piso after his death. The accounts of Tacitus and Suetonius are an extension of the truth that derived from the lingering hatred for Piso and the ambiguity of the Senate for not explicitly stating that murder was out of the question. It is important to note that Tacitus and Suetonius were operating on superstition and inaccuracies. Suetonius wrote that Germanicus died of an illness, and that there was some speculation of poisoning, with the argument supporting murder that he presents being an obviously incorrect pseudo-medical fact. Suetonius explains that if poisoned, the victim's heart will be immune to fire, which is crazy. Different poisons would act in different ways, so there's no reason to suspect that this is like, you know, a universal thing, if this is even possible. And also, poisons are ingested, so there's no reason to suspect that they'd all have an impact on the heart. Furthermore, Suetonius describes the symptoms of Germanicus as having dark spots all over his body and frothing at the mouth. These seem like reasonable symptoms of an illness. Suetonius mentions that as a result of the trial, Piso is executed by the Senate. But, as we know from the official record, Piso committed suicide before sentencing happened. Both of these incorrect or superstitious statements from Suetonius show that he was writing his histories based on biased and inaccurate records, since he clearly did not consult the Senatus Consultum, or at the very least, he misrepresented it. It has also been shown that Tacitus consulted and was aware of the Senate's official account of the trial, and while he fabricated very little about the event, he very clearly selectively chose only the parts of the trial that corroborated his conspiracy theory. Elements of the defense was ignored, as it would have been disturbing to his narrative, and their chronology has been definitely altered to represent the story in a way most incriminating to Piso. Tacitus explicitly states that Tiberius ordered Piso to kill Germanicus. Tacitus further states that a letter was given to Piso with the murderous instructions, and that his death was in fact ordered by the emperor to keep the letter from being presented in court. Tacitus's sources uh, are apparently contemporaries to the event, who saw a letter in Piso's hands multiple times at the time of the trial. This incident is also recorded and described very similarly by Suetonius. This part of the story is the most compelling argument in favor of murder to me, since it's corroborated by the literary sources, and it's one of the only story beats that is maintained by both of them. 
But there are still several reasons to reject this as confirming the murder. Firstly, if Pisa was indeed killed by the Emperor, there could be another motive for doing so. It has been argued that Tiberius may have disposed of Piso because he was going to claim in his defense that he was the emperor's choice to be governor, and that justified his crimes. Tiberius may have simply wanted to distance himself from the terrible choice of governor that resulted in a small civil war, and wanted him removed before he would receive any backlash from the public, who all loved Germanicus. The suspicious death of Piso is therefore not entirely an admission of conspiracy with the emperor. It has been argued that instead of being appointed to sabotage Germanicus, Piso was appointed to Syria by the emperor simply to buy his support, as Piso was from a powerful and well-connected senatorial family. It is obvious to us that Piso was a terrible choice to be governor of Syria, given his conduct, and it's pretty likely that his abilities, or lack thereof in this case, was known to Tiberius. Tacitus and Suetonius justify the poor choice by arguing that Piso was an agent of the emperor. There shouldn't have to be an ulterior motive when the emperor makes a mistake. The emperor is making dozens of appointments to the provinces each year, so mistakes seem likely. Tiberius was notorious for being relatively uninterested in the minutiae of ruling, so making an uninformed appointment to the provinces doesn't seem out of character. In the narrative of Tacitus, Pisa was appointed to Syria in response to Germanicus's imperium, but in fact, Pisa was already the governor at the time of Germanicus's appointment. It seems far more likely that both men were independently appointed to the east, but there's no reason why they couldn't have been decided together. Perhaps the fact that Germanicus and Piso did not like each other influenced the emperor's decision, to make sure power is split up between parties that won't work together against him. What is important to unpack is that Tacitus artificially altered the chronology to suit his narrative, since it makes most sense for the agent to be appointed as a result of Germanicus's actions in the east. The way that it actually happened throws into question the entire narrative, since it makes it seem rather nonsensical for it to operate the other way around. There is seemingly no motive for Tiberius to murder his heir. Supposedly, Tiberius was fearful and jealous of the prince, and that's why he chose to have him killed. This motive seems unrealistic. Given that Germanicus has been acting dutifully as heir for over half a decade, it is clear that the emperor had no reason to fear him. Tacitus and Suetonius would portray Tiberius as a mad emperor to explain why he would orchestrate such a crime with this motive. However, Tiberius was only a famously bad emperor towards the end of his reign. It is disingenuous to suggest that this type of cruelty is typical of Tiberius at the time of Germanicus' death, since it was not until at least over half a decade later that Tiberius had a clear, significant psychological change. He became more tyrannical and retired to Capri. At this point, early in his reign, only five years in, he was still a conscientious emperor. For these reasons, I believe the narrative of Tacitus and Suetonius is simply too extreme to be realistic. If Piso truly did get orders to kill Germanicus, why did he not feign support for the prince, so he could maintain his command and seem innocent of the crimes that Tiberius ordered him to commit? Why would it not have been the priority of Piso and Tiberius to keep the murder quiet? Given that Piso would have been anticipating Germanicus' death, why was the rebellion of Piso so disorganized? There are far too many questions that arise from arguing that Piso killed Germanicus. Piso is guilty of treason, impiety, and many other crimes, but the Senate and the Emperor agree that murder is not in the realm of possibility. The only people who argue that murder did occur were Germanicus himself, admittedly a source we should respect, and the later literary sources, like Suetonius and Tacitus. As I have demonstrated, both are unreliable in their sources and in the construction of their arguments. 
Tacitus in particular warped the events to fit his narrative, constructing his narrative based on a chronology that is demonstrably misleading. Furthermore, the means and motives of Tiberius and Piso do not particularly line up with what's reasonable. It is very unlikely that Piso killed Germanicus. With a little bit of logical deduction, we can place good odds on his innocence. Given that Piso committed so many serious crimes and died before his sentencing, it seems like the additional charge of murder wouldn't have changed much in the grand scheme of things. Regardless of murder or not, he died before sentencing, and his family was spared. I'd like to conclude this episode by explaining that this episode was based on an essay that I had to write for one of my classes. I was tasked with specifically answering the question whether or not Piso killed Germanicus, and had to take one side or the other. So, the result is a completely one-sided argument. I'll have you know my true thoughts on the matter are a bit more in the middle. Really, anything could have happened. It seems unlikely that murder occurred, but we can't really know. So, I don't want you to go home and tell people Piso definitely didn't kill Germanicus. Any history book you read that says he did is wrong. No, that's not the case. If a history book does say that Piso definitely killed Germanicus, I think that's wrong. I think the proper answer is we don't know, but ultimately, it's not too important. It may be important, however, to discuss the mental state of Tiberius early into his reign. For one thing, a crux of my argument is that Tiberius was a fair emperor at this time. Maybe he was unreasonable and unmotivated the entire time, and was willing to commit such crimes early into his reign. For these reasons, it's an unanswered question, and I don't aim to answer it. These are just my take on why I think it's more reasonable to say no than yes on the question of murder. If you want to ask me questions or leave suggestions for the podcast, head on over to my de facto website, the 96AD subreddit. Just head over to reddit.com slash r slash 96AD. You can find the link in the episode description. I'll be posting updates about the podcast there, and I'll respond to anybody who posts. Feel free to DM me as well, and I'm willing to post my sources there if any of you are interested. Another thing you'll find on the subreddit is a PayPal donate button. That it's not required or expected, this podcast will remain free and I donate to profit. However, donations will cover the cost of production and will support me, a student, who is attempting to study, work, and produce this podcast all at once. Mm -hmm.